right, all right, all right. Hey, we've been laughing, having a good time. Welcome to another episode of Motivational Sundays with Kevin and Friends. This show was originally created from more than 300 quotes that I had written for the contents of my books. I was always curious about how one quote landed on a, a person. And so I gathered a couple of my friends and asked, you know, based on perception or interpretation, how did the quote land on you? Was it something that just laid there on a sheet of paper or whether there's a conversation to be had. We meet every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hi, I'm Kevin McLemore. I am your show host, and I am joined with my co-host, which the group rolls every single week. I have Miss Larnez Kinsey. I have Gilda and Christopher James, and we're going to be talking about fears today. I have uh, Manuel. I can't even pronounce your last name. Kochi. Is that the right, Manuel? All right, escaping from alcohol trash, you know. <laughs> then we have the, the original, the original, the fabulous Miss Chris Everett. All right, so um, we have a wonderful quote today, and like I said, I brought up fears, and I I didn't um, forget to introduce the voice of our show, Mister Otis Spencer, the voice. Look at that beautiful background; he always shows up with something <laughs> special. So Otis. Today, we've got something that we all can have a conversation about, and I'm just curious how we're going to do with, deal, with, deal with this today. So, uh, Otis, if you don't mind, not only for us, but for our listeners, give us a quote for today. Certainly. Good morning. Each of us must confront our own fears, must come face to face with them. How we handle mm -hmm. our fears will determine where we go for the rest of our lives. To experience adventure, or to be limited by the fear of it. All right, all right. So um, we all have something um, to be a little afraid of. Halloween is coming up. People talked about this as the um, the devil's ho holiday, but um, I, I favor um, the Reese cups over hell. So um, you know, athletes <laughs> will will be be more than happy to um, sponsor our podcast because you know everyone. You know, that Reese cup is probably the number one uh, candy out there, I believe. And um, prices went up, so I got to get a loan in order to support mm -hmm. my Halloween habit this year. Gilda, all right, this quote, all right, and it's always, I always hate to be the first person that, that ever have to do something. And someone told me when I spoke at Central State University that the next next year they wanted to make sure they didn't follow me. Um <laughs> And I said, well, I wonder why. Is it because I'm taller or what? You know? But anyway, Gilda, how does this quote land on you? How does it land on me? Well, I'm doing it right now, facing my fears. My fear is to get in front of an audience and um have a conversation. So right now I'm facing my fears. All right. All right. Well, I'm glad. You know, you got in front of, you know, I mean, it takes a lot to get in front of 10,000 people to, in order to face your fear. So now now you don't have a problem with that anymore. You've grown. You you have moved on. I'm, trying. Right. I'm trying to. All right. And since we have um, Chris that's sitting there holding your hand. Um, God. How, how does that land with, land with you? Well, Chris, we never had you to go first before, have we? No. All right. I'm, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. And nobody likes to, likes to follow me, so I don't mind being last. Um, All right. 
<laughs> facing fears, um, it, it, that 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 quote speaks directly to you know that 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 little kid that still lives inside of me. Uh, I was afraid of basements. I mean, the idea of a basement just put me in the in the, in the cold sweats. Uh, I guess it was too many horror flicks. But uh, someone else said, you know, if you don't go down there, you know, and just deal with that, you'll 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 never get past it. Um, and uh, on that advice, I actually sat in my grandmother's basement, pitch dark. Actually, my great grandmother's basement, pitch dark for about maybe five ten minutes. They had, they had to come for me because I, I I did I didn't come out on my own. But uh, I found peace in what used to scare me to death. Uh, and so to this day. Um, I, my greatest peace is in a dark, dark room uh, that used to, you know, send me off in chills before. Um, so having the conquering of fears uh, be a guideline or basically set the path of your life is very, very true, I think. Um, and it's more of recognizing that a fear exists. Deciding on a strategy to get around that fear or to work through that fear is what basically makes us who we are. And it's certainly, it's certainly it's going to be the, the, the dictator of how your path, how your life is going to be led. All right. That that's deep. Um, because I, I you know, we've all heard the quote, and I, I I think I'm gonna get this right, the acronym of fear of um feelings of events appearing to to, to be real. Yes. You know, I'm afraid of Mike Tyson. <laughs> that's that's real. <laughs> that's why I said. <laughs> that's why I I said because you know when they when they say that um you get down knocked down once get up twice if Mike hits me I ain't getting up I'm just going. <laughs> ah, so with that said, we're gonna have some fun with this, Larnett. <laughs> I, I'm gonna tell you, I'm afraid to ask you this question. All right. <laughs> That's just something you put some stink on it and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Larnez, I'm gonna duck right now. Uh, Otis, if you don't mind giving us the quote again, because I want her to go after you, not me. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly, each of us must confront our own fears, must come face to face with them. How we handle our fears will determine where we go for the rest of our lives. To experience adventure or to be limited. By the fear of it. Um, to me, fear can be like a heavy anchor keeping us stuck in one place, right? Preventing us from experiencing adventures and blessings that life has to offer. How we handle our fears determine the outcomes of our lives um, by embracing our fears you can transform your life into amazing adventures and limitless possibilities. So don't be limited by fear, be propelled by faith, right? As you confront the fear, right? You have to recognize the fear fact and discover the truth. Confronting your fears and discovering how you can change your reality is the biggest picture, right? 
when we have fear, we don't recognize that a lot of times that our fears are often built on misconceptions. And once you shed light on the truth, you liberate yourself from doubt and hesitation. So don't let fear control your destiny. Let the truth set you free. I, I got nothing for you after that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> let, let you let the truth set you free. Manuel, um, sitting over there um, in New York City, genius that you are. You, I'm trying to give you enough time to unmute so we can talk. Um, I don't know how much more I, I can do. Help me out. And Manuel. Yeah. Uh- Let's talk about you confronting your fears and how you face them and how you determine and how you handle them and how uh, your fear affects the rest of your life. I paraphrased that, didn't <laughs> I? Uh, oh, man, like, I really wish I, I could I could take a pass on this one because uh, this one might be uh, the strangest one for me. Um, <laughs> it's funny. You know what's funny? What was funny is that you within the setup, you said, you're afraid of Mike Tyson. That's one of the moments in my life I've been actually afraid. I was actually in the club one time in Manhattan and Mike and with Max and uh we were still at the entrance inside though and uh Mike Tyson was coming by and he bumped into Max and Max accidentally spilled his drink and we both kind of turned around. And there was like a tank of a man there. And I and I mean it too. It felt like I was looking at a man tank. He's really wide, Mike Tyson. He's really, really intimidating. Really intimidating, Mike Tyson. I am a martial artist. I have been a martial artist all of my life. I had no, not a, an ounce of courage to fight in that moment. Um, <laughs> that was a, that was a scary moment for me. Yeah, that was a, yeah, that was, that's, that was a very scary moment for me. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I that, know. That was the moment. I know uh, <laughs> Vander Bill would disagree with what, I, what I'm about to say to you. Because the last time uh, he hugged uh, Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson pierced his ears. So next time to face your fears, give Big Mike a hug and run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I if I if I if I ever meet him, even though even though like I I I, I don't want to meet him because I'm gonna, I'm gonna feel like wait a minute I I, I want to like not feel that fear I felt that one time. I yeah that was a strange moment for me. Um, but other than that, I feel like I've been blessed, man. Like I I I grew up in orphan mind, and uh, I remember uh, my first day of school. And there was the first time, because I, I didn't grow up with my parents, and I was growing like, like a foster care situation, and there was the first time they dropped me off somewhere where I had to, I just didn't know anyone, and I didn't, I didn't, nobody ever gave me an explanation for anything. Suddenly I'm in the school, and there's a bunch of kids in the yard, and I'm trying to figure out, like, what am I supposed to be doing here? And I was, I was getting a little bit scared and afraid of anxiety, and I was feeling anxiety for the first time, like, consciously. And then this little girl, like, Pascal, her name, she um she came up to me and she pulled me up to the line and we were supposed to just like keep walking and I, during that moment like deciding that like you know I'm gonna follow that anxiety rather than um rather than back down to it um and so I, I I 
I'm that I'm I'm kind of person who uh, I follow. I'm always following the anxiety to, to do exactly what Larnes says, which is find the truth. And um, that ended up being like my path. So now I really, I, I, my greatest fear is like not being able to like share as much of the, what I felt like I've been lucky enough to learn with my kids. That's, that's, uh, so I'm, I feel blessed for that. Uh, cheers. That, that, that warmed my heart when you said that. Uh, and I'm sure Chris, Chris felt the same way. Um, Chris Everett. Um, Otis, one more time. You want to give us that quote? Certainly. Each of us must confront our own fears must come face to face with them. How we handle our fears will determine where we go for the rest of our lives, to experience adventure or to be limited by the fear of it. Chris, welcome, welcome. And um, and ladies and gentlemen, just for, for, for your uh, listening pleasure, this is Chris Everett. I will not be referring to her as the Tennis pro going forward. That's a little inside joke that I had because, you know, you know, you have a beautiful, highly intelligent woman that's dynamic that is on our stage. And she is an original. She is not a copy of anything else. She is our Chris Everett. So, Chris <laughs> Everett, with that said, how do you wow. face your... Thank you, Kevin, for that. And I just want to say hello to everyone. And it's great to be back. I have been away for quite a few Sundays, though. Glad to be with you all and facing the fear of this quote. Oh my, um, <laughs> I've really enjoyed what other, others have said about it so far. And um, a couple of things have come to mind as I read this quote. So um, uh, one was last night I was with my family and we had a pumpkin carving painting family nights, which was so, so, so wonderful. And my niece, you know, she has this, her pumpkin in front of her. And, and she said, I'm afraid to, I'm afraid to cut it. She was like afraid to move forward, just making, making the cut to, on the top. And, and I, I don't know, I really thought about that. Like, there was this like there was this fear for her of of doing it of moving forward and i said you know just go for it and if there's a mistake you're going to fix it you know and it's just like you got to just you got to just jump in there and so now it's my turn to make my cut and i was like <laughs> okay i get it i get it and so i took my own advice and just like you know I just did it, you know, and that's a small thing, you know, that's a small thing, but even so, you know, there was such a lesson in that for me, it was just like, you know, one, follow my own advice, two, let her know that, like, yeah, there's fear, but if we face it, who knows what can happen, right? We really aren't limited um, when we go for it. And so that's one story. And then another one that I had, that this quote made me think about was a time I was, I was about to go on stage and I still get stage fright, um, even though I've been acting for years and years and years, but there was this one particular event. I was going on stage to play Sojourner Truth and um, just before I went on, I was just faced with like, 
this 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 awful awful stage fright fear and then i just i took a deep breath and i said you belong here this is what you're meant to do fear went away and i got on stage and it was like the best performance and i just love playing historical characters so historic not even a character she's a person you know she was real she's she's talk about facing your fears the daughter of truth was an amazing powerful powerful woman um so i i almost want to you know say that i i conjured up her strength to get on stage and um and be this woman be this woman so that's what i think about when i face the fear and um you know, and how limiting it can be to, to, to cower and not just go for it. And that's amazing because I, I know when I first met all of, all of you, most of you in, in person, when I came up to Boston, one of um, the things I, I was afraid of is just being, being accepted because believe it or not, this is going to sound strange. I'm an introvert. All right. I, I perform every single day as an extrovert because that's the way my, my life is. I, I have to do that. But, you know, you get me in a crowd and I become that wallflower. I go back to the back until someone pulls me out and go ahead and says, you know, it's OK to be safe. We got you. Um, and I'll, I'll share a story um, with you. But, you know, I, I don't want to take the shine away from, um, you know, Otis. He's sitting back there relaxed. You know, um, what's that guy? Uh, Said sitting on the dock of the bay, watching the Otis Redding. Otis Redding, yeah. Otis, yeah. He's got the sunset. That beautiful. He's probably someplace on a tropical island. Yeah. The voice, voice. Uh, the man. I hope Hollywood discovers your your voice because I know James Earl Jones has you know dropped out of um, that world, and we we need a voice that we can hang our hat hat on, and uh, hopefully it's that voice. And I hope Hollywood recognizes you as soon as they get out of their own way and let people make an honest living. Don't get me started. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, greed, 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 greed. That's all I got to say. Um, exactly. um, give us a quote one more time and um, give us your take. Certainly. Each of us must confront our own fears, must come face to face with them. How we handle our fears will determine where we go for the rest of our lives to experience adventure or to be limited by the fear of it. Well, I, even for me, I, there's a, probably a couple of things in the back of my head. Uh, I have a fear of heights. And back in the mid eighties, I had a friend call me and said, hey, I can't find anyone to go skydiving. Do you want to go skydiving? And I could have sort of froze and I said, do I really want to do this? So I caved in, I said, sure. So the night before we had to go skydiving, I had to open my Bible and I said, dear God, if that chute doesn't open, please protect me. <laughs> so that day, that morning, we went out to uh, Woodstock, Connecticut. They gave us a little course, paid strict attention. They gave us a quiz and believe it or not, I got 100% because I said, if I'm going up there, I want to come down alive. And I forgot how Far up you go, maybe 10, 15, 20,000 feet, a two-tiered wing. And once it's your turn, you go to the edge of that uh, door opening of that plane, and you crawl out onto that wing 
your feet on the bottom, your hands on the top, you walk out to the middle until that jump master says, jump. And then you push yourself off and you fall. And the jump master said, if you ever did got, decide to go uh, skydiving again, just let the jump master know that you were kicking your feet all the way down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the other thing I did uh, network marketing back in the day and believe it or not a lot of people just to pick up the phone to make a cold call is one of the scariest things people can do and then as a manager what did I have to do I had to make cold calls to talk to customers to say why they were past due so certain things you can definitely overcome your fears. At least if you face them, you may not overcome it, but you've achieved a major task. That's all right. Face your fears. Um, I too share the the, the same experience of um, heights. Even though I uh, rock climb and, and hike and have been up, the going up is not uh, what bothers me. Is the the foolish decision when I have to look down and go figure out how to way to get down? It's the falling. Well, not actually mm -hmm. the falling. It's that hard impact when you land that that scares right. the crap. That part is real. All right. So, um, you know, fear is just another uh, emotion. Um, on the things that you do in life, um, you either do it right or you do it wrong. And sometimes most of us do it wrong, and we never seem to to get it right. I know for me. Um, when I stop doing the things that I know is wrong, it's like a breath of fresh air. You know, there's a pain of discipline in life, and there's a pain of regret. The venture part of this, this quote is the one thing that I don't want to leave this world and regret that I've not lived this life um, to the fullest extent. You know, when people ask if your cup is half empty or half full, my cup is running over, and I'm constantly pouring into someone else's cup. My biggest fear is to pour them or life experience into someone's cup that is leaking on its own or on purpose. That is my biggest fear, as, as watching someone with talent not use their talent and waste their life away, not someone that uh, is in a good situation and squander that situation because of a choice that he or she has made and they regret for the rest of life or having a child that's not given a chance to have the life that we all live and to be experienced that just because someone else put obstacles in his, in their way. You know, it breaks my heart to, to look at what our world is going through, both here in our country, here in our industry and abroad. And I, and what I fear as people have more value in or economics than they place on the heart of another human being or a life of a human being. And what I fear is that we've lost humanity, kindness, grace, and love. That's what I fear. And without understanding what it is to be kind to someone or to receive kindness, without uh, having an opportunity to place value in the heart of someone that has little to ret return on their investment in this world or to give love to someone that's too afraid to ask to be loved. 
we are only limited by the choices that we make. The world is huge. So the adventures and the experience out there, just go out and get yours. So I, I hope our listeners are entertained, educated um, by what we said and touched on a certain level that you go ahead and you face your fears, whatever they may be. I hope you find kindness in your heart. I hope that we choose humanity over profit. And I hope we find love for every single living human, individual, animal, or whatever. And we just take back and look at the sunset and sunrise like Otis has and just enjoy life and appreciate the life we have right now. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Motivational Sundays with Kevin and friends. And hopefully we said something that touched you in a way that, if nothing else, makes you think. But before we sign off, I like to go ahead and give my props, promote whatever um, my co-hosts are doing whatever stories they want to uh, share. So I hope you stay, stick around to listen to what normally would be our outtakes on our show. We do it, do this live. So uh, Chris, what have you been up to? Wow. Um, I have been really busy lately. I finished a play and I just want to thank Otis and Chris and Gilda for coming to see in Break Break with Aaron Lurch. That was really um that was a fun experience. It was great to see you all. Uh, and I just finished a workshop that I was working on last week, uh, a new play by Kirsten Greenwich, who is a, a local playwright who's just done some fabulous work. So I uh, finished that workshop yesterday. It's a very on point script. And hopefully when they produce it, they'll keep me in mind because <laughs> it was a lot of fun to do. Uh, and this week I'm going into... Um, uh, what am I doing? Some voiceover work and uh, and a, uh, I'm going to be doing something for the, for the so a recovery uh, program, a full day presentation with them. So that is my week coming up. All right. Um, Emmanuel, okay, you, you've got a big event uh, coming up. Can, can you talk about that in November or do you want Larnaz to talk about it? Yeah, I think we both should talk about it. It's, you know, I sitting when we were sitting here, we were talking about fears and and we, we and you said, you know, um what's going on in the world right now here in our country and and and, and, and in internationally. So I have a really hard time even like thinking about the states as not being a part of an international community. As a kid I've always felt like the states you know, everything was practically, especially like uh, like uh, in America, North America, Caribbean and South America was like the backyards of the States. That's what it felt like, right? Um, so I don't, I, I really have a hard time thinking of States as something that's isolated. I, I don't think about it that way. And something very interesting, L, you know, like L has been like the most amazing chaos in my life because like, I, I don't even know, like it's so strange. Um, it's like unfathomable, like I can describe it like for days, but like, you know, um, recently we've, you know, we've been talking about the, the, the fifth a lot because of what we want to talk about, but 
in the past month, I've been thinking so much about the Harlem Renaissance, right? And and how much it was, you know, the courage of, of, of Black folks and, and people of color who really gave America the breath, right? That it that it that it had for its own uh, uh, actual pursuit of democracy, right? It's really true. And you know, when and I kind of like imagine that like the Harlem Renaissance has like such a great impact on on America in the world a long time ago. Obviously, I've seen movies about Josephine Baker and all these you know, these writers and all these great people. But again, I'm a kid from the Caribbean, so I didn't. I didn't, I didn't really like dive into um, um, African American culture here in the states like as deeply as I, I really may have wanted to, but the past like uh, several months since I met Elle, you know, and the opportunity has come to like us for us to focus on New York, I've been looking again at the Harlem Renaissance and seeing the um, the parallels between like what we're trying to do right now with promoting individuation proper, individuation proper to mean that like the power of self expression can be something. That's not just about inspiring. It can literally have political impact in real time, right? And the Harlem Renaissance was probably like the greatest example of this, right? It was individuals who, for the first time, were were given enough space, right, to just simply express their true selves, right? And that really just transformed the land. It took us out of basically what would be like the dark age of America into like the enlightened age of America, and it still does right now. You know, resonate and give us the space to do what we do from an economic and our cultural development point of view, right? And so this has been like washing over my imagination like tremendously for the past month is how much appreciation that we should have for the Harlem Renaissance. And it has come clear to me that like I want to put our entire effort um, as as an evergreen foundation and, and, and for the protection of individual behavior, biometric data and the future of humanity as you were just talking and I and I really want to dedicate all of that to like a kind of reinsurgence and a reintroduction of the power that was the Harlem Renaissance and inspire people of color, black people to like reimagine that moment from now, right? From the kind of like technocultural paradigm that we have now. And that's been like the my it's been just exploding out of my imagination. So that's what I I'd really like um to invite you guys um for us to even have a talk on it, perhaps, right? About different authors and and poets and, and, and sculptors and the people, because I've been rediscovering them. And I just, I've never thought like it was, it was extremely powerful, right? I think it's slightly like, it's the Everest of America that we're not observing, right? And um, I think it's time to re revisit. Cheers. <laughs> hey, I, I totally agree with you. And there is a God. And um, when I get to my, my share, I, I will tell you. And Manny, if you want <clears throat> To put those people in contact with me, I have another podcast that I host is talking with Kevin and Son, where we showcase people you should know. These are stories that we cannot let just disappear, that we need to uh, immortalize, and we'll do it um, through this ven venue. Um, Lorness, since you guys are joined at the hip, um, do you want to elaborate anything that uh, Manny missed on that that you want to talk about? So um, Manuel hit every point, except for saying November 5th, we're on Eventbrite. The full mm -hmm. CTPS is what you need to look up so you can see what we're doing in New York City. <laughs> but I love the fact that he's bringing up the Harlem Renaissance because me as an adult, um, it's a lot of people I didn't know of. Matter of fact, yesterday I just discovered the first black supermodel 
which is what was her name? Danielle Luna. She was the first black supermodel in the 60s. I didn't even know. So while we're um revealing our project to the world, I'm learning so much along the way. It's just beautiful how everything is becoming aligned. So again, November 5th, the fourth C TPS, look it up on Inventbrite. Next week, I'll have the link for you, Kevin. All right. That's all, all right. I have to say. <laughs> you, you put that out there because I know on my show, Talking With Kevin and Son, I can't promote things like this. But on this, when I ask you, you're supposed to tell me, and I appreciate you telling me. We can do that. Um, so I hope everyone um, supports that event, um, the Harlem, Harlem Renaissance. We need to know our history. Uh, we need to know our history. There is a large group of people that wants our history to disappear. I don't have to put a, a face to it because look in the mirror, you know who you are. Um, but I also want you to look at the faces that are on this panel. These are gifts to this world. All right, this is bigger than Christmas, the people that show up on here. This is the gift that keeps giving because we're kind people, we're loving people. And without us as a people, some of the many things that we enjoy or we take for granted in this world would not exist. And that's the truth. So, Kevin, uh, can I just say one more thing? Can I stop you? Absolutely, you can. But do you want to? <laughs> <laughs> so I heard a quote, right? Because, again, I work on myself every day. Right. And I'm trying to master the skill of giving. And I love the fact that you're saying giving and you said giving like three times in this whole podcast. So I feel like the giving part was talking to me. We don't realize in order to take a breath, you have to give one. So once you hold on to that thought and you move through life, remembering that statement, it makes you appreciate even the little people in your life. And that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you don't listen to me. Um, Chris, Gilda, um, well, give us an update. You guys are still fighting the good fight. I, I see newspaper clippings all the time. I see your Facebook and Instagram. I do say this. Um, I saw a picture of both you and Gilda while you guys were dating. I'm going to tell you. Uh, Chris, uh, player, 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 I can see. And Gilda, I'm going to tell you, I, I would tell you, a man could not walk on a sidewalk without tripping over his own toes to see you. And Chris, I don't know how you you, you grabbed her, but you guys are two beautiful people. Thank two. you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we got a schedule, um, I think Thursday, um, we got something to do with the strike uh, for, um, I think we're going to be handing out leaflets uh, in Boston Thursday at around 5.30. Um, right now, I don't know what the location is, but uh, it's going to be done in Boston. So that's what we've got planned for the week, I hope. Well, yeah, but I was mm -hmm. going to carry on what Kevin said about my Mac Daddy day. Oh, okay. You know, I'm going to carry on that conversation. <laughs> uh, I, I swear, you guys are such a, uh, a stunning couple, and I, I'm glad you guys are an example what a real relationship looks like 
And I know that being in a relationship is not always good times, but in order to be together, as long as you guys have been together, you have to appreciate and respect each other and uh, honor the space and time that your partner's in, because that's the only way you're going to survive, okay, if you respect and honor that. So um, I appreciate um, the two of you guys uh, much. And I always said, and I've said this on camera and off camera, you can always tell someone that's um, in love with each other because they can't keep their hands off of each other. <laughs> and look at that. All right. So Otis, all right. I am going to tell you at the first of the year, RMK Productions, uh, we go in and we produce commercials for small companies that have uh, products because a lot of our um, young people that started with COVID, um, they don't know how to do commercials and commercials are expensive. So we can do a commercial from $5,000 to $500 for a 30, 15 or 60 second commercial. But I normally have been the voice for a lot of the things that we've done. Um, I'm going to start throwing some of that business your way. So hopefully if any of you, um, you guys are listening to the sound of my voice, RMK Productions can produce a video commercial for you. But we have talented people on this show like Chris, um, Larnez, myself, Otis, Christopher, and Gilda that could be the voice of your product. And, you know, I personally think right now advertising has to become personal. You've got to have a connection. You can't just put a star on a uh, product and think someone's going to buy it. you got to have a relationship with your your customer. And uh, what better relationship you have is to meet the voice of your your product. So, Otis, I'm going to be promoting you guys, and I'm going to take some of it off my plate because RMK Productions is growing, and um, I can't do it all. And so this is not a hobby for me. This is a dream come true. So, Otis, what are you up to? Well, as I think I mentioned last week, I was uh, just casting a short film, uh, micro-budget, called Michael Solace, and I'll be playing the character Angel, who is now, he's a writer who is now homeless and gone into complete madness and trying to warn another writer, do not give up his script to this producer because he's going to steal it from him. All right. So all of you guys, when, when this strike is over with, when you guys are in production and I can get video clips of what you guys have done, I would like to go ahead and showcase you guys on one of these shows to show what you have done, big or small, your voiceovers, whatever the case may be, to give you some love. All right. This will be a living resume for all of you guys. Um, like I said, this show is not uh, about me. And, and to wrap this up, last weekend... Uh, went home to see my mom. My mother's dealing with cancer, which I hate. So I'm an advocate. I'll be fighting for this. But I also had an opportunity to go to and speak as part of the Alumni Speaks at Central State University. It's one of the 107 historically Black colleges and universities out there. Now, I learned a lot. I actually met one of the surviving members that were the first graduating class of Central State University, um, Charles Wesley was the founder of Central State University, and he brought kids that were going to Wilberforce University in order to be that first class. I am bringing this young man on to talk about the history. And the reason why we need to understand the history of our historically Black colleges, because there is a stereotype out there that you cannot get a world-class education at a Black college, which is a false narrative. There were white students on my ca campus that I spoke to that loved it. I gave a presentation 
um, on there to talk about my experience and what you do with your education afterwards. It doesn't make a difference if you graduate from Harvard, Yale, or whatever. I have people that are in my life that I blow away with my um, uh, education from Central State University. It's what you do with your education that matters. So I am hell-bent in order to promote and talk about our Black colleges, starting with Central State University, and I'm bringing a young man on that knows the history because there are a lot of good people that have graduated, a lot of famous people that have graduated from Central State that are doing things. And I will say to every single alumni that's ever graduated from a historically Black college, no matter be it Black, White, Hispanic, or whatever, you need to go back and share your stories because there is a population that's sitting in Congress that if things change and they have their way, they will deplete the funding that goes into these universities and they will disappear one by one. Central State has a hell of a uh, STEM program, has one of uh, their students that received the George Wallace uh, Award. Not ever happened to a Black student. and normally goes to the big Yale, Harvard's, and whatever. That's how much they're kicking it there. So with that said, I am on a mission to make a difference. My grandfather said, when you get to a point in life that you can help someone else out, it is your duty to do so. Reach one, teach one. And with that said, adapt his hot hashtag is find 1,000 reasons to be kind to someone and quit taking someone's life based on land, property, or, or, or money. Learn to talk, learn to get along, all right? Let sports be your weapon. And with that, I'm out.